Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Yeah, Lee Steinberg, annual Sports Agent Academy, coming up in July, SteinbergSpeaks.com. I mean, that's that's the kind of interview we could do for you know an hour with all the knowledge he has, all the athletes he's touched in the past. And I mentioned at the end of the hour, we didn't get to ask him about uh, if he had seen the movie Air. You saw it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we never broke this down. Um, I know you were a little annoyed by his, uh, by Sonny Vaccaro's betting, uh, what was it, oh. like NBA individual player props at the beginning. But not to ruin it for everyone, but Michael Jordan and his family, really his family, were most responsible for what turned out to be a deal that got him billions when all the shoe companies were jockeying for him. And, you know, Nike at the time needed him so badly that they did something revolutionary and actually cut the athlete in. And, you know, a lot of a lot of what happened there is the reason that we now see athletes get much bigger shares. Hell, I mean, I don't know if Lionel Messi knows who Michael Jordan is, but the fact that the MLS is like, oh, wait, you want, you know, 500 times what the average MLS player makes? Yeah, we'll cut you in because it's so important to the league. The deal he cut sounds like it's messy. Well, it's not done. It's yet. unreal. It's not done. It just keeps adding different layers. I mean, isn't a salary alone like $50, 60000000 million plus, plus the, the side benefits, which are probably bigger? Team ownership. I mean, it, it's it's the deal's not done, so we don't know exactly what it's going to end up being. Uh, but, yeah, the reports are pretty wild, and I would venture to guess. In fact, I'll guarantee Lionel Messi knows who Michael Jordan is. I, I get your, I well, get your I, point. I just meant, you know what I mean? Like, like the story of the it. The story of it, yeah. that how he came to be with Nike, which, you know, and by the whenever. People forget know, that Adidas and Converse were the, the superstar yep. shoe companies at the yep. time. La- I mean, laughing. Yeah. Laughing at Nike. Yeah. Was, and every, like, every, the movie was so great after the beginning, but it was so bothersome. I was furious sitting in the theater. Well, the, uh, the other crazy thing that came out of it, and we had seen it in. Um, what was Perlman's thing on HBO? They're doing a season two now. The Lakers. Showtime. So I think it was in Showtime. You know, now I can't keep track of both because Hulu did a documentary based around Genie and the family. But part of they showed Magic's shoe stuff with Converse and Nike, and that was even before. You know, it was like five years before, yeah. and they made kind of the same pitch with Phil Knight saying, "Hey, you know, you can be a part of the company with stock," and I saw. I saw Magic, you know, once he had seen the Jordan story again, he's like, man, that was, I probably blew like three to four, five, <laughs> three, four, five billion dollars. Because that's what's, in the end, that's that's how big the deal is going to be because Jordan has gotten a cut of the sneaker sales forever. Yeah, but it's also why, you know, like, and I, I'm glad that uh, Vaccaro got his, you know, got his part of the story out there and got the, the honors that he deserved and the celebration they deserved for his role in it. But um, the complete like diminishing of Phil Knight's role in this when you when we know that several years earlier he was already trying to pull this same deal but he was so caught off guard and we don't do this like you, you try to do it already didn't ruin the movie for me I knew what was going on no, the, and, I, and I chose not to ruin it for the SO because why ruin it but as I was watching it I'm like mm, it's kind of interesting because he, he was open to the idea with magic kind of offered him something similar and then uh you know, had to think about it for a couple of days because it was so revolutionary. What a what a crazy idea from Sonny. But in the the individual betting of player prop, the betting of indiv- individual player props in the early '80s was not a problem for you. I I, I don't. Care I was about sitting like in that. I was sitting in the theater just angry. 
that's, that's angry. But that's who you are. You guys, you guys. Uh, what was the uh, gambling movie with uh, Uncut Gems? I thought it was awesome. And then you guys start picking it apart from the sports gambling standpoint. Yeah, it wasn't, like, gambling who, wasn't legal like, in Connecticut at the time. Who cares? And you also can't bet who's going to win the opening tip. Who cares? It's unbelievable. Who cares? That's that's those are the minutia of the story. But those kind of things, and I actually was thinking about this with with Justin uh, when he was talking a little a little earlier, um, where you know he said, "Oh, there was this one you know little thing," and I can't remember what it was. Uh, this little thing about the you know the hearings that bothered him. And my point is, yes, it's a little thing, but what else is getting wrong that you just aren't aware of or you don't know at the time? So when I see a movie that gets something so unbelievably wrong. It just, it just infuriates me to the point of, okay, how can I trust any of this if you're going to be so off on little things like that? It, and it, it just does bother me. It always, it always has. Maybe there's going to be a basketball movie that has the feel of the natural. And what I mean by that is no one's going to get shot and have their career derailed. Anthony Bennett would be a really interesting story if Anthony Bennett so came back to I try came back to the NBA and like completely realized his potential and was a double double machine from age whatever twenty nine to thirty four years old. He is remember he was a number one pick in the NBA draft and at the time a lot of people were like who what he played that one year at UNLV we knew all about him. I remember going on in Cleveland, and they had the number one pick, and, you know, this was, I think, it must have been right after. And I was like, well, I mean, I think he's going to be a good player in the NBA, but I, 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 his his production and his peak might be like a 14.7 rebound guy. And Anthony Lima, who was hosting the show, was like, wait, what? That's all he's going to be? And I'm like, well, I think that's probably a safe estimate. And then he couldn't even be that. Oh, hold on. Year two, 16 points a game. That's a good point. I think we forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is regarded as kind of a flame out as a number one pick. He sure. got his money, didn't have a long career, but it's not done yet. And, I, you know, it's funny. You sent over a story today, and I wanted to text you and be like, I tweeted about that about 10 days ago. Cause, well, Twitter's dead. Um, well, I started thinking about Anthony Bennett with this TBT uh, rebellion team. So UNLV's in this million-dollar tournament. Uh, usually it's filled with college alums. They come together play in this winner-take-all tournament and they still needed players and I was like man where's Anthony Bennett that would be cool if he played in that tournament but as it turns out you know doing some research he's in Taiwan and I know you know one of the blogs out there that uh what's his name J-Mac on Cowherd started the big lead did a piece on it yeah they just kind of did the hey it's 10 years since Anthony Bennett was the number one pick um kind of did a retrospective of his career where'd he go from there obviously uh when LeBron came in a year later he was traded and that's when he had his best season year two, uh, bounced around a little bit, and then has bounced around interna- internationally. And I think, you know, obviously when players are playing overseas, you just kind of forget that they exist. But Anthony Bennett, you can, you know, he's he's putting up big numbers in Taiwan, you know, like 24 points a game, I think it is, somewhere around there. Uh, just playing very, very well. But the number that was staggering to me just absolutely blew me away. He's averaging 40 minutes a game. <laughs> 40 minutes a game playing over there. Which either he's just not exerting himself or he has gotten into phenomenal shape. I don't know which one it is, but I mean, cool to hear a guy that, you know, you forget about, don't think about very often, but he's actually is experiencing some kind of success. That's nice. I think the notion, while we, a lot of us, a lot of people write off 
uh, players who don't make the NBA for a long time and they play internationally for like 8, 10 years, 12 years. I think that whole thing is fascinating. Like, can you imagine playing in Taiwan? Kind of awesome. It's just, it's a whole different world. I would love it. And then you've got rosters that are limited to usually one or two Americans. <laughs> they love basketball. They when, when I was watching, I mean, it wasn't like 20,000 seat gym, but the crowd, you know, the gym was packed and people were going crazy. And, you know, Bennett's an intimidating guy. Now he's got a big beard. You know, he was always a big guy. He was always, you know, he was 240, 250. He did, so. he did just turn 30. Ah, he's 30. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking he was 29. Like, ah, bounce back in your 30s. Come on. Roy Hobbs. Somebody should give him a Anthony shot. Anthony Hobbs. Roy Bennett. I'd like to see was, the Dubs give him a shot. By the way, was that his name in the natural, Roy Hobbs? Do I have that right? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. You think who should give him a chance? Dubs. Look to see him. Look to see him out there. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he, he's back at some point. No, I think so. So, he didn't work out as a top five pick. And it happens all the time. But I think a big reason for it over the years is... Some teams are flawed in how they draft. And it's really more of an old-school mentality, Adam. And you started to ask this question in the first hour, you know, address this topic. Scoot Henderson, the guard, who was playing for the G League Ignite. People love him. You know, super high ceiling. Probably can play the point, right? He's probably a point guard. Well, in the two and three hole, you got Charlotte and Portland. Right now, Dame is still in Portland. And... You know, LaMelo, when healthy, is the point. He's a ball-dominant guy. So when those teams go into the draft and they look and they're like, oh, we've there's also Brandon Miller who's there, who's 6'9", can be kind of a combo forward. That fits us better. Shooter. That fits us better. Does it? Do you go for fit? Or do you just go and get the best player in a game, especially in the NBA, but developing this way in college, that is supposed to be, in large part, positionless just go collect the best talent yeah to to a degree i mean i would agree on you know the positionless aspect but there is something different about point guards if if a guy if you think a guy can only play with the ball and you have two of those guys on your team and you don't think you can play off the ball that does kind of change the equation a little bit of okay what what does it do here but it is it is fascinating to go into this draft where even the people in charlotte who are because there apparently is about half and half inside the draft room who are on Scoot and half are on Miller. Even the half that are on Miller would say Scoot is a better prospect, a better player, a better draft pick. But we don't need a point guard, which becomes an interesting dynamic to go into a draft and you know say, hey, this is the better player, but we're not going to take him. And do they end up making that decision? I think that's what we're going to find out. And obviously. As we heard, Michael Jordan, who's not even going to be a part of the team in a month or two, is having the final decision, which is baffling. I mean, if you're Portland and Scoot Henderson is there, you're taking him. Yeah, definitely. Because you, you, you don't know that Dame is going to be yeah, there for, for the sure. next five years. Here's your point guard. For Here's sure. your replacement for Dame, and guess what? If they have to play together, you can play two guys who are ball handlers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I, I, I think Dame can play off the ball, too. I, I think he can figure that. Just go stand out there and shoot your 30-footers. It'd be great. Ari, let's go to the podium. Okay. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. What? what? 
Stunning. We were ready for that one. Stunning. We didn't even coordinate that. That was good. Uh, back in the day, back in the day, we would have got a reaction. Remember, remember the uh, the Clippers in the lottery? The Clippers with with uh, Seed Williams was shocked. It was minus sixty thousand, I believe the number was <laughs> on Webanyama. Yeah, somebody. Yeah. I think we talked about it yesterday. Somebody put up like a fifty thousand dollar bet to win like two hundred and seventeen dollars or something like that. Your math is close. Yeah, something like that. It was somewhere around there. So Webanyama, the uh, seven footer and beyond, is a number one pick. We heard the news yesterday. Well, he said it. I don't know if this is final, but he said it that he wants to play in the summer league. So. Hell, man, we can see this guy, the, you know, if healthy, the next phenom in the NBA here in Vegas playing his, I'm not going to say his first competitive basketball, but competitive basketball here as part of the NBA, July 7th, 8th, or 9th? Yeah, I mean, it's. you said we don't know if it's official. We know it's official he wants to play. Yeah, uh, that's why I said it that way because don't he, know if they'll let him. he can say he wants it, but will his handlers allow him? And they may have more power than the Spurs. And usually you get a uh, one-versus-two pick. Uh, like the first night or first couple of nights of summer league, so uh, that would be fun. We don't know if it's going to be uh, uh, Wembenyama Scoot again, like we saw at Dollar Loan Center a couple months ago, which was very fun. Yeah, uh, we'll find out. And obviously, uh, rumors that the Spurs are also going to try to move back in uh, to somewhere soon. All right, uh, to try to get his teammate. So that would be uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, Victor Wembenyama, no surprise, number one pick, and uh, somebody's <laughs> breathing very. Much, much better after picking up their couple hundred dollars on their massive bet. Ari, we uh, Ari's going to help us. We will be throwing to the podium each time a pick comes up in the 5 o'clock hour, and then we're going to join the ESPN National draft coverage in progress. Just so you know, for the, the little pause there, I uh, my back is actually to the TV here, so I actually had there was no buildup for me or, or for the listeners on the fact that Adam Silver was up at the podium. So more picks are coming up here on Cofield and Company, live from the NBA draft. So the big trade does go down. It's a little bit different than people thought initially. Celtics were working on a deal, uh, deal yesterday to get Porzingis. That deal fell apart. They put together a new deal. Uh, this time it cost them Marcus Smart. So Porzingis is going from Washington to Boston. Marcus Smart is a core player on that team. He is out of town now. He is going to go to Memphis. I know you pointed out early in the show that Marcus Smart with John Morant is going to be kind of funny because Marcus Smart is kind of a no-nonsense guy. I think that's why they brought him in. Like, let's go. Let's get your act together. We're going to bring in a uh, big brother who's not going to mess around. Or will they even see each other? Is this the beginning of John Morant officially being shuttled out of town? I don't don't think so. I know that was early speculation. I think it's insurance. It's if in case something does have to happen, in case they do have to move on, it's, you know, hey, this is this is an option in case that happens. And also, obviously, he's not going to be there for the first 25 games of the season. So uh, you need somebody to handle that role anyway. Uh, so there's a you know, there's there's benefits no matter what. But I, I think that the plan is to have both of them uh, play them together and uh, see how they can move forward with them. You were mentioning that Kendrick Perkins thought he's he's been all about get him out of town. He needs to leave Memphis. Yeah. And he, he said Miami would be a good spot. said it would uh, fix him, basically. That Miami would fix him. Yeah, you got Riley. You got Spo. I actually agree with him. I mean, I, I don't know if you take a guy that has, that has issues partying and send him to Miami. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so concerned about the location. I, I, he's going to find trouble anywhere. I think the supporting cast and the, the surrounding cast and the winning tradition and the maturity there, that's what he needs to be around. 
and I'm not trying to dig on the, the Grizzlies, but like you haven't fixed it. You think Jimmy's just going to beat him down? I mean, that'll be part of it. I think, I think being around Riley would be really positive. And Eric Spolster's a really good coach, and he's, he's a, yes. very much a no-nonsense guy as well. Yes. No, no, no. There's no question. And guess when you are a, we'll, we'll call the, the Heat, um, you know, a, a top-ten franchise, right? And, you know, sometimes they, at times they've been able to go out and spend big money and bring in big-name players. Uh, they haven't always won the free agent derby. I mean, is there no better time to bring in a franchise player when his value is damaged and at not a low point but lower? Like, if I were the Heat, I'd be like, yeah, we'll we'll steal him. Yeah. Because we'll sure. fix him. I, I don't know that Memphis is willing to I – mean, Memphis knows that it's also at the lowest point. Like, you don't sell your house when it's completely devalued. Uh, so I I can't imagine that they would be willing to do that, knowing that they're not going to get anywhere near full value for a guy like Jaw. But um, in his case, yeah, I can see that it would be better. Now I also think there's other franchises that could be beneficial and could help and could have the structure in place. But um, I I don't I don't know that you could just say like oh that'll fix it. Like he has to work on himself anyway, no matter where he goes. It's got to be his decision and his his idea to do it. It can't be some other team just saying like this is how you're going to act. That's that's something that usually doesn't work. Sign up for an A-Play card and receive a guaranteed $10 in free play with a chance to win up to $150 in free play at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. Once again, here is Commissioner Silver. With the second pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Brandon Miller. From the University of Alabama. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. The Portland Trailblazers select Scoot Henderson from Marietta, Georgia, and the NBA G League's Team Ignite. Yeah. There you go. Henderson in the house. Scoot. And a guy who played at Henderson. Scoot. So it almost sounded like that was back-to-back. It was not. During the break, Brandon Miller. I'm not going to say that was the upset pick. Uh, There seemed to be a lot of momentum betting-wise for Scoot to go number two to Charlotte. But Brandon Miller, Alabama, goes. You know, I was talking to him earlier or talking about him earlier as being a a 3-4. He's a 3. He's a 3. He can ball handle. He is a freaking great shooter. Now Scoot just went to Portland as the point guard of the future. So, all right. And now now we're off and running. Now the draft could go anywhere. I mean, certain guys are slotted in certain places in these mock drafts, but who knows from here? So, Brandon Miller, what do you think? I mean, I don't think it was the right pick, but... Why not? I, I, well, it, it's not necessarily even about the situation, uh, that happened with the with the shooting at Alabama. I think it was how he responded to it, which was not well. And that was a ton of pressure. A ton. I mean, that's something that you really don't you don't want to see anybody in that position. Obviously, you don't want the whole thing to happen. But for somebody to just have the entire world calling you a murderer and screaming at you, and every gym you go into them harassing you, and then you go into the tournament and it's the same thing. Uh, that sucks to see somebody in that situation. Not that he didn't put himself in there, but 
uh, it's 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 tough to see it, but he did not respond well. He didn't play well after that, and he kind of melted in the tournament. And so, you know, there's going to be pressure situations in the NBA too. How is he going to handle that? I, I mean, I don't think anything's going to be like that, but um, I didn't love that. I do think he's a very talented player. Obviously, he's got the, you know, and the he's got the size and the abilities and the scoring strength and everything everything like that to be picked where he was but I didn't like a lot of that and I just think Scoot Henderson is is different and so uh, that would have been where I went of course now uh, Woj tweets out from day one everyone in the organization was all on board with Brendan Miller okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's ridiculous I thought he was um, talking yesterday that there was momentum building of course, of course. for Charlotte to take Scoot of course uh, it was ridiculous well I think uh, Sham I think that was a Shams versus, Shams versus Woj battle oh uh, really yeah because I think you know, Sham sources said Sham sources said uh, it was going to be Scoot, and Woj said it was going to be oh wow Miller, and uh, sounds like you know there's some people doing victory laps for Woj on Twitter right now. But um, both of them said it was very close, and now all of a sudden it's not. It was never close. It was never in doubt, which is silly. Uh, but you, as you pointed out, one of the bigger stories of uh, this from our perspective in Las Vegas was the huge betting swings, where. Uh, Brandon Miller opened, I believe, last week at like minus two dollars. Went to two fifty, three twenty five, four hundred, and then yesterday and today was plus money to be the number two pick. And then in the last hour, went to like minus seven hundred. So somebody knew something recently, uh, but there was a chance to get him plus money in the last twenty four hours. This is the range of the draft where uh, they were talking about the Thompson twins. Yeah, which uh, you know I get a real kick out of. Uh, first of all. It is Ammon, I believe, not Amen, okay. uh, who is going number four. Why would you ruin it like that? We want the announcement to be fresh. Oh, sorry. Let's go number four. We actually, we did not come up with a formula. You know, Woj announced about four days ago that he was not going to be on Twitter uh, doing the announcements early. He said there's not as much value in stuff like that on Twitter as, you know, putting out real news. So he's not competing with. Sure. <laughs> with Shams. The problem is. There are people putting out the picks before they come on TV. And then I just looked at Wiki, and I'm like, well, okay, there it is. So now yeah. I'm ahead of it. So I'm, get, I'm getting rid of that. Get off Wiki. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to have it set at the fifth pick. Detroit's up next, then Orlando, then Indiana. And I hope it doesn't refresh because I, I like to see it play out. I like the drama. I like the organic reaction. So back on Miller – and Ari will play the, the fourth selection when it actually comes up on the TVs. Back on Miller, I, I don't like to brand everyone in a program as someone who worries me. That's not exactly what I'm saying. I, I do wonder about being around Nate Oates for a year or two. I think there's some morality issues. Okay. I think even the way, the way he talked about the shooting – Says a lot about him. And I'm not sure that he has a squeaky clean past. Um, well, first of all, Nate Oates is our guy. There's, there was, but that does, you didn't say Nate Oates is a, like, 100% morally sound dude. No, he's our guy. Okay, he's our guy. It's not a 100% morally sound show. Uh, you're right. You're right. We should, but guess what? We're not being drafted. We're, uh, we're not. Neither is Nate Oates. We're, we're uh, as you've seen, we're not exactly developing the radio talents of the future. We are. So don't lean on this show to pull. My to p- hosting tree has John Von Tobel. You're, you're, you're a hosting tree. 
I th- don't you have to be away from the like the original tree? I am going. I will fight this fight. I am the original tree. Maybe the sports pig is, but I but I have a tree. Wouldn't you have to be set? Wouldn't you have to get like do a show on Raider Nation or somewhere else, and then you get to be a tree? No. Or do you just take credit? Like, hey, I influenced that individual more. Only one person that's come through this this family of show. Only one person that's come through this has been my project. That okay. was JVT. I think we, we've had other we've had other products of the tree. Those maybe, are yours. Maybe not. Those maybe are yours. maybe not officially host, but but insiders and guests move on to bigger and better sure. things. Sure. I have a long history of that. I'm I'm usually at the very beginning, the very bottom of the the start of someone's career. And I chose John. John said, "I'm going to mold this young man," and look what I did. I produced greatness. Am I way off on? Boy, Alabama's an amazing story, man, because he. He's doing what he needs to. He is completely bought in on what the system is now. I mean, they just got a, they just got a top fifteen player in the twenty twenty four class to reclassify. You know, a la DJ Thomas, and now he's being added to the Alabama team. And they were already freaking loaded. They raid the portal, just raid it. People, people are dying. Think about this. Think about the change. People are dying to play. Don't worry about that part. Our wrong words. But they're they're freaking thirsting to play for Alabama basketball. That really hasn't been the case over the years. They hire the right guy. Like he, he is SEC through and through, even though he's from, what is it, Michigan? Uh, he's from Romulus. Romulus, where he was a math teacher. Yeah. Remember when, I, we, remember when we were doing everything we could to advocate for UNLV to hire him? With the fourth pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select... Amen Thompson from Oakland, California, an overtime elite. All right, so the Rockets pick is in. My bad. We'll take a quick break. You were close. We'll take a break, uh, no. quick break. I spoiled it. Oh, don't worry about that. Uh, we'll get more picks on the way, and then we got to get to uh, – there's a lot of football news today, believe it or not. End of June, ton of football news, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into what's going on with uh, Trey Lance and the Niners. That's an interesting report. Cofield and Company will be right back. Keep it here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Amen. Thompson just went to the Houston Rockets. Fifth pick is up next. Pistons, then Magic at six. We're live at Silver Sevens, carrying some of the draft coverage going up to the podium for the pick. After 6 o'clock, we'll go live with ESPN National covering the rest of this NBA draft. Big night for a lot of kids and families and, you know, making a good living. Get that first contract, right? And in the case of Scoot Henderson, he has a chance to get a lot of contracts because he is on the younger side. So even though he skipped school, went to – the G League Ignite. He was playing most of this last season at 17 years old. So a couple of football notes, and then we'll get into the grab bag. I will give you the floor on this one. What was going on? Was the dig stuff last week where he wasn't there, we're talking about Stephon Diggs, where he wasn't there around Buffalo minicamp, and then McDermott's like, I'm really concerned. I'm like, yeah. wait, you're really concerned about practice in June? Does this have some Josh Allen tie-in? Well, I've been saying that for months, and 
Somebody else is now saying it. Robert Griffin III went on with Rich Eisen, was asked about this, and was kind of vague about, he said, there's some, there's some personal strife there that's going on. And then Eisen followed up, and uh, what, what Robert Griffin said was, well, this is why you're a good interviewer, because you're, you're making me actually say it. He's like, this is a personal issue between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Now, obviously, this was launched. There were some rumors flying around. If you remember in the playoff game last year, Stephon Diggs going after Josh Allen at the end of the game, screaming at his face and being kind of dismissed. Now, a lot of this, people are saying, well, he doesn't get the ball enough. That's insane. He's like the second most targeted receiver in the league. He didn't get the ball on one drive, which is a key drive in that game. But there is the rumors that are in Buffalo, again, total rumors, but that Josh Allen had some personal things going on before that playoff game, and Stephon Diggs blamed those personal issues for them not getting a chance to oh, complete wow. their complete their potential last season. And that's why he was so mad. Let's go back up to the podium. With the fifth pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons, Pistons select Asar Thompson from Oakland, California, an overtime elite. Well, that's kind of cool. The Twins are gone. Yeah. Fourth and fifth pick. Thompson Twins back-to-back. Isn't that your favorite group? That's why I mentioned it earlier. It was subtle mentions. Yeah, good. I don't know if it's my favorite group, yeah. but yeah. yeah little, you love them. Little, little 80s. Little 80s cheese. What's their big hit? I don't know. Hold Me Now. That's that them? Is? is that what it is? I thought that you love them. I don't, I don't, I don't know songs from anyone. I can't remember but anything anymore. That's your anymore. group. You love I didn't those say it was that, that was my group. It is. Jeez. So, back-to-back here, fourth and fifth for the Thompson Twins. Uh, I don't know. Don't love it for the Pistons. Still, I mean, this might be a good pairing with Dre. If, if they do get him in the mix, bring Draymond home. Be a mentor uh, for, for Thompson. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Might be a deterrent. Like, my God, they are young. We punch him? <laughs> Let's hope not. Got to get him in line. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Pistons are stockpiling young talent. Hopefully it comes to fruition for them. That city deserves deserves some success in sports. It's, the, it's been a very, very long time. Next pickup is the Magic. Uh, Hold Me Now, Doctor, Doctor. Those are two different songs. Doctor, Doctor? Mm-hmm. That's a real song? Yeah, it is. Ugh. Yep. Were you done on Griffin and Josh Allen and Diggs? So where is this going to go from here? How do they fix it? It's interesting. I mean, it, I think it depends how true a lot of the stuff is. I mean, if it's if it's about targeting him more, seems like a pretty easy fix. Target him more. But, I mean, that again, he gets targeted a lot. If it's targeted more in crunch time, maybe. I, I do think part of it, to me, and, you know, I know that, you know, it's pretty in the weeds a little bit, but I don't necessarily fully believe all the salacious stuff about what was going on there. I think it's fun to talk about and speculate on it. That, that's that's interesting. That's what we do a lot of times. Um, but Stephon Diggs is in a situation where he may be – I mean, he's right there with Devonta Adams as the best receivers in the league, one of the best players in the league. And he seems to have kind of made Josh Allen, and yet – Nothing Stephon Diggs does is ever his responsibility. Wow, Josh Allen, great. Stephon Diggs makes a diving catch, bails him out. Oh, what a throw. Like I, And that has to wear on somebody. 
Like literally, the, the defense plays well, and people credit Josh Allen and not, not the defense. Right. And I think at some point, if you're a superstar player, you're like, enough of this. Like, I'm doing this. Why is everybody talking about that guy? Things can't get personal. Jealousy can arise. You know, it's like uh, 10 minutes ago, you claiming JVT for your broadcasting tree. That's I not. That's, I don't know how anybody can disagree that's, with that's, that. That's not right. Took him uh, under my wing. Some quarterback news. Tua, part of his offseason is actually doing jujitsu. Sure. Okay. Why wouldn't he? He's learning how to fall. And I, I mean, it, it sounds kind of is funny. really but, why he's doing it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They want him to learn how to fall, and, and they want his body to react better to falling and contact and that sort of thing. So, um, supposedly, it's going really well. So, just go in the gym. Let black belts take you down hundreds of times yeah, and, well, and, and learn how to fall. It's about body positioning and, you know, bracing yourself, tucking your head, that sort of thing. Um, and supposedly it's going really well. Uh, a lot of There's been a lot of rave reviews around the organization, and Tua has talked very much about it. And uh, ESPN actually asked an MMA star. Obviously, they're trying to promote their own product with PFL being on ESPN. But uh, Kayla Harrison, who is a you know Olympic champ and now uh, a, a great MMA fighter, uh, she said this is absolutely a great idea, and, and she was kind of uh, espousing the virtues of why it's going to be successful, why it's going to work, and why this could help Im- uh, limit the injury impact of Tua uh, and some of the concussion issues that he's had. Weird transition. This is not going to happen. This is just some trolling. But you mentioned it yesterday, and I just, I just kind of blew you off. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Um, but faraway place. Sportsbooks actually posted odds on this, and these are the dumbest odds I've ever seen. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk have been talking trash, and I guess Zuckerberg challenged Musk to an MMA fight, and then Musk responded, must, responded, send me the location. I think that was Zuckerberg that said that. Oh, really? He, okay. that's, that's, and by the way, for those that don't know, he's, oh, quoting, right. he's quoting Khabib Nurmagomedov, oh, who once said that. So he's getting he's fully engulfing himself. I mean, in the MMA world. First of all, isn't there like a 15-year age gap? Right? Back up to the NBA podium. Draft, the Orlando Magic select Anthony Black from the University of Arkansas. All right, there you go. One of Musk's guys at Arkansas, and uh, we talked about this yesterday, that this draft, when, when you see the size of dudes in the position, it's going to be 3 and D. There's going to be a ton of wings, two guards, guys who they hope can defend, can shoot threes. Um the, the last part on the uh, the Zuckerberg, Elon Musk story is Zuckerberg is a pretty highly accomplished jiu-jitsu practitioner. Yeah. And he does, like I said, he's got like 15 years on him, doesn't he? Something like that. Yeah. And if, for those that I have mean, seen the Elon Musk be- beach pictures, like there's a pretty significant I'm, weight difference too. I mean, I would also assume, now I would assume on the flip side that Elon Musk would go the uh, Bezos route. And if there's no testing... He would have a whole new, whole new physique in like six months, but that's not going to help you in a fight. No, you, you, you might look better, Zuck but if you, gonna, but this guy sounds like he's actually trains and he's skilled. I hope, I hope they put Twitter on the line. <laughs> Winner gets Twitter because we mentioned earlier Zuckerberg. There's some discussions that Facebook might do their own kind of Twitter. And so imagine if he was like, you know what? I don't really feel like developing this. I'll take what you have if I win the fight and just tweak it. It sounds like Dana's trying to promote it, by the way. No, yeah, he's all in. How many times in the past has he talked about, I'm not, I don't want to be involved in circus? He promotes slap fighting. Don't do this. Don't do this. How dare you? That sport is going to evolve so quickly, yeah. you're going to be on board I'm sure. in less than a year. Yeah. You don't think so? 
Yeah. Are you going to Slap 3 on July 7th? Busy. Summer League that day. That might be the Wimby uh, Brandon Miller day. Oh, come on. It's very important. I'm not on that day. I'm going to Slap 3, so I don't know who's have doing fun. the show. Have Ari, have fun be, with I'll the be, show be, on, on Friday the 7th. Come hang with Cofield and Company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Cofield and Company presents. Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. So the NBA draft's going on right now. Uh, Wiz just moved up to make a pick in place of the Pacers. Tomorrow there will be, and even tonight I will see some social media comments made and then some stories tomorrow about how terrible the NBA draft is now. And it has changed. A lot since I started watching drafts and I was a real nerdy t uh, I almost said a nerdy t-shirt a real nerdy teenager <laughs> and like love watching the draft when I was like 13 years old right um, it's just different now they're not household names the NBA I feel like is eventually going and they should do it is eventually going to something closer to a soccer model right where they're gonna have their own academies or teams will own pieces of academies and players will enter the academies when they're 14, 15, 16 years old. I think that's the direction it's going in. It's slowly heading there now, and for the most part, outside of maybe some really good organizations that feel like they need some draft uh, or you know ready prospects right now who can play this year, this is the baseball draft, right? Like a lot of the guys may not play a whole lot this year, and then as a result, a lot of the people watching or who aren't watching, who are just following on social media, are like, we don't know who these guys are. Then you get lazy media members who are like, the draft isn't what it used to be, and there's no impactful players in this, which is the dumbest thing ever. Just because you don't know the players doesn't mean there's no impactful players. You just didn't do your homework, and you don't watch college basketball. Or even more, you, have, you don't watch international basketball. You don't do research on international basketball. You don't follow overtime elite or the G League Ignite. This is all part of the NBA draft changing massively, certainly since I started watching them in the 80s, and really over about the last 10 years. Well, it's a difference between whether the draft is good and it's producing prospects and whether it's entertaining. I think it's entertaining if it's household names that you know and you've watched play and you you know their stories and everything else. We're going to have the NHL draft here next year. Entertaining? No, football's the only one that's really entertaining because it's all college players that you've watched and you know and you know their story and all that other stuff. Yep. Now, again, because just because you don't know that you haven't seen these players necessarily, or not even seen them, because I think a lot of people have watched them and we, you know, watched at Wembenyama's games when he's here. We've seen a ton of his film and all that. We've seen Scoot Henderson play here in Henderson. Um, all of those things, like you've seen them, but you don't you don't watch the games regularly to know their story and know their know their history and that sort of thing and get that personal connection with them. That's why people, I don't think, love you know watching the NBA draft because I think what two of the first seven players uh, played college ball at all. Yep. Uh, so you have that issue, but doesn't the mean NBA it's not now prospects. used to draft twenty one, twenty two year olds. Now they draft eighteen, nineteen year olds. Yeah. 
17, 17, 18. Right? Yeah, that, that's what it and is. I, and I think they would love to be able to – I don't know how the system would work, but I think they would love to get their hands on prospects, again, when they're like 15, 16, just like European basketball, which in many ways is part of the reason that so many international players are coming over and are becoming the face of the game in the NBA because they're playing – I mean, really think about Think about how much time you waste in high school if you're an elite prospect – playing against you know you and me i mean really yeah for sure when when instead you know you're some you know superstar 6'2 kid a wing at 6'6 a seven footer and i mean a seven footer in high school come on i mean half the time the other center six five what are you getting out of high school basketball and instead it's like hey let's get this guy playing with other seven footers and you know big big dude 6'10 6'11 at 15 years old best against the best. I mean, I don't blame the NBA for being like, that's the way to do it, because they've learned from European and international basketball and European, so- well, just soccer in general. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's We no can't question. fight it. No. It's, I mean, it's a silly model. It is. And it's- we'll go back to the movie Air, which we, we never, we hadn't talked about. I, I got a total kick out of, because this was about the time that I was started to watch drafts. I got a complete kick out of the fact that at Nike they were looking for someone to give money to, some draft prospects, and they start going down the draft board, and the guy they concentrate on is Dinner Bell Mel, rest in peace, Mel Turpin, who, and that, that's another way the game has changed. Mel Turpin was a the running mate of Sam Bowie. He was a, a 6'11", 260-pound, kind of a mobile big man, and you know Nike's like, oh, let's give him the money because he was projected as a top-ten pick. He never really made it in the NBA, and then you know, perished early in life. But that's another way the game is played. Like, people look at 6'11 dudes who can't move, and, like, in the past, it's like, oh, he's going to be the anchor in the lane, score and rebound, and now they're like, no, we don't want that guy on the roster. Why would you? Yeah, why would you? I mean, like, I hear people talk about ah, the, the back down, you know, post-up, turnaround jumper game is gone. I'm like, good. Good. By the way, the guys can still do it. It's just dumb. Of course. That's that's the thing. People, yeah. oh, the guys used to do this, yeah, and then we learned it was inefficient. And they stopped doing it. That's why they stopped. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, earlier, Dr. Tony said, "Good show," but when Adam Hill yelled about the prop betting in air, it blew my main speaker in my 2006 Mercedes. I feel bad. I don't. You know what's funny? You you yell and get worked up at different times. I didn't even notice you yelling. I don't know. Probably because I was mentally shutting you down because I hate I hate your angle on this, but it's just it's just true. I know it's fine. You have to you have to have some trust in I filmmakers. Know. When you do, you score, know what the best basketball movie ever was? Hoop Dreams. It was real, right? It was believable. Oh, it was it's real. real. Yep. Yeah, that was the best one. You saw what a creep some of the high school coaches are. Ugh. Again, and, to, and the point, again to the point. Again to the point. The NBA is allowing their elite fifteen and sixteen year old prospects of the future to be coached by some of these guys who coach high school basketball. What a nightmare. Clown show. <laughs> Total clown show. It's tough. I know, folks. The draft has changed. It makes you feel old. You wish for the old days. Uh, one more time in the back. Adam Hill. Rob Manfred admits mistakes in Astro's case. Yeah. He's like, ah, I probably didn't handle that right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Rob. This is who we're going into business with. Good job, legislature. When he didn't take it, take the World Series away. Ah, it's just a clunk of metal. Okay, 
That's your prize trophy. Probably should have done more. Shouldn't have granted immunity in that case. Yeah, we know, Rob. Thank you, Silver Sevens, for hosting the show. Make sure folks should come down here, especially on Friday and Saturday, the live entertainment with the shot and beer special for just three bucks. They've also got the prime rib special. Four pita clothes, 21 bucks for the uh, the whole shebang. A prime rib. Come on Friday and Saturday to get it.